Hey, how are you all this morning? I hope you are doing good and it's good to see you here this morning. Take your seats, give someone a high five or a fist pump on the way down. So, so good to be here. Great worship today. Thanks, guys. So we've got some uh, visitors here with us this morning from Jaybuck. Is that how you say it or Jabok? Jaybuck. Jaybuck. One of my old stomping grounds. Done a lot of spotlighting around there, actually. Been good fun when I was young. So just want to welcome those who are watching on the live stream. Welcome to our TV show. It's not what you think. <laughs> and if you're listening on the podcast as well, it's great to have you joining us this morning. So I want to give you a little story. I only thought of it um, as we were worshipping. But it's, I want to talk about, uh, we're going to continue our End Times series. This is part two. And End Times, if you want to get to Bible college level, it's called eschatology. It means the study of last things. So there you go. Write that word down, eschatology. You'll spell it wrong. But ask Josh, he'll, te- he'll learn you how to spell it right. But um, it means that the study of end times, and we're, we're on this study of end times, and there's so much to cover, and you can never do it just in one message. So we're doing it over a few weeks. But um, uh, the last time I preached on part one was uh, the signs that Jesus talked about, the signs of the end times, and we had a brief look at judgment, uh, judgment day on the pod. Um, you can listen to it on the podcast. It's a, the, that judgment thing is very um, uh, out of vogue. So we don't want to talk about that because we live in a world where everyone wins a prize. You come last in the race, you get a prize. No. So we're thinking, judgment? Like, what? So, so weird. It's not in vogue today. But um, one thing I want to say is no one need be condemned on judgment day. Everyone can be set free, forgiven in Jesus Christ. That's the great hope we have. That's the great joy we have. And the good news we have in the church is that no one needs to be judged. It's your choice whether you do or you don't. So we want to not be judged. We want to be given the, the, uh, the blessing of God into eternity. So that's the truth. Anyway, the story I was going to tell you about was, um, I remember um, in, in Templestowe, did anyone been to Templestowe in Victoria? In Templestowe, there used to be a pizza bar and the guy there, he made the, you know, incredible pizza. So, Friday nights, Saturday nights, all the young Italian boys are down there having the real pizza. But see, he used to make his pizza and sing opera. And he's an incredible opera singer. And as we're thinking about that, that today's message is the resurrection. Oh, no, it's, uh, um, what is it? It's not the resurrection. It's almost like that. It's, it's, what is it? The rapture. Did I say that already? The rapture. There it is. Oh, why didn't I just do that? <laughs> Duh. The rapture. Uh, no clouds were harmed in the, in the making of this message today. I, I should have put that disclaimer on there. Um, well, so anyway, he's singing opera while he's making pizza. And what I want us to uh, understand from this, this pizza man was he came to Australia from Italy because he thought his opera career would have more chance in Australia than in Italy. And then when he got to Australia, he suddenly realized there was no chance of an opera, of an opera career in Australia. So his dream of being an opera singer became rolling out pizza, singing opera songs. I mean, it was, it was great, but it wasn't, wasn't really romantic for the boys and the lads 
It's like, just give us a pizza. Come on. But you know something? We can have that same, we can have that same disappointment in eternity if we think, hey, I'm setting my sights, I'm making decisions that I think are good for me, and I'm going to move my whole life perspective and find out when it's too late that this was not good for me. So when we're thinking about the rapture, we need to make decisions for an eternal purpose, knowing that the, the value of what eternity looks like, what heaven looks like, and that relationship with Jesus has such a great reward. That was a really bad example, wasn't that? That was, that was terrible. But I'm starting to get hungry for his pizza. There's nothing like an opera singer pizza maker. But one thing is true. Jesus wants us to understand the times we're living in and be ready for his return. Um, so I, I want to introduce you to the rapture today. And again, it's just introduction level. We, we're not going into deep Bible college level, so don't be disappointed that if, if it's not deep enough for you. I'm going to tell you something. I love the deepness of Jesus. You know, Jesus' deepness is he was caring for lost people. So, so if we want to go, hey, we want to get really, really deep in the word, just go like this. This is deep as you need. Jesus was concerned about lost people. And so much so that he, he gave a story of an old, a lady who lost a coin. She, she moved everything in the house and searched all the way through until she found it. And then she, she had a party and wasted all her money because she found that one coin. It's like, so, so God is just interested in lost things, lost people. That's as deep as you ever need to go. That God wants to reconnect with a lost world, with lost people. That's as deep as we need to go. I'm sorry if that offends you, but that's what it's about. So we're going to go to Matthew 24, verse 44. And Jesus said this because he, he wants us to know some things and be ready. So the key word today is ready. Be ready. You also must be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when least expected. And I'll tell you, I've said this before, but I, I used to, you know, when I was doing my apprenticeship, digging trenches in the mud and in the slop, thinking, Jesus, right now would be a good time. But I, but I just thought today, because these guys from J-Bock are, are friends or knew, knew a person I used to work with in the chook sheds, and I'll tell you, in a chicken stampede would be a great time for Jesus to come back. There's nothing like a, a chicken stampede to say, I need to get out of here. It's like dust and feathers and noise. You never knew that I've been survivor of a chicken stampede of many. Luke chapter 17, verse 26 to 35. Jesus describes to the disciples what it would be like when he returns. He says, it will be like the time of Noah and the time of Lot. Now, if you, you grew up in Sunday school, you would know the story of Noah, Noah's ark. God flooded the world. Everyone died except for those who were in the ark. And the story of uh, Lot is a story of Sodom where God destroyed the city because uh, it was so evil. So the thing I want you to understand is in these both these scenarios uh, evil was rampant evil was out of control um, to a level we wouldn't even understand or begin to imagine the depths of of wickedness that mankind was getting into so in the in, in Noah's day the earth was destroyed by flood and in Lot's day the city of Sodom was destroyed by fire but evil this is what we need to understand Evil was judged. Remember I said about, I spoke the other week about judgment. Evil was judged and the righteous were saved. 
And I want you to understand that because people may think, but hang on, God, that is so unfair. But, it's, but God is always fair and, and good in his judgments because he, he is fully righteous to a degree we could never understand. So evil was judged and the righteous were saved. Now, Jesus, if you're here today and you don't understand all this, Jesus is the way of escape. He is our ark of safety uh, when the days are evil. Move to Luke chapter 17, verse 30. It says uh, that Jesus describes everything will be. This is coming up to the rapture, to the, to the finalization of, of the, uh, the church on earth. Jesus describes everything will be business as usual, right up to the day when Jesus is revealed. Business as usual. And uh, I really think that... Um, we can be so caught up with, like, everything's just normal. I wake up, the sun's up, go about my business, everything is just the same. And um, verses 34 and 35, uh, Luke chapter 17, verse 34 and 35, it, it says this, two people will be sleeping in one bed, one will be taken, the other left. Two women will be working at the mill, one will be taken, the other left. Jesus is describing directly this event as we know the rapture, as we call it. The rapture, when Jesus returns and takes the believers, the church, out of the world. Just as he got Noah and his family in the ark and saved the animals, God is saving a remnant of those who have put their trust and faith in Jesus Christ as their, as their savior, as the one who's taken away their sin. I read this morning, it's an interesting thing, that when it says, uh, uh, who read the word for today, Bible reading today, wherever it was, it talked about, I had two people, that's good, and three, any more? You can pretend, just put your hand up, make me feel better. It talked about Jesus began to preach, and he began to preach um, to repent of your sins. So Jesus didn't come to the earth so that we could buy, you know, six you know, six bathroom mansions and have racing cars and the most expensive Parazi shotgun in the shelf, which would be really nice. <laughs> but he came so that we could deal with the sin in our life. And don't ever get disappointed with God because you've got to realize that he's 100%, 180%, 200% dealt with your sin. And that's the most important factor you need to have dealt with in your life. Anyhow, where are we going? I want to give you some context behind this rapture. That after Jesus was raised from the dead, he was taken up into heaven with a promise from angels that he was going to return uh, and come back just as they saw him go. Acts chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. This is just a paraphrase of that. It says, as the disciples were straining their eyes... uh, Watching as Jesus disappeared into the sky, that's an unconventional way to leave. Uh, it says, then two angels appeared and told them Jesus is gone, but he's going to come back. He's going to return just as you saw him go. He left into the clouds, a supernatural exit, and he's going to return with a supernatural entry back into the world. So most people leave earth by dying. That's not a secret. But Jesus died... But that wasn't his exit strategy. He died and he came back. 
Jesus left the earth alive and will return, restoring order back to everything. And if we look at that word restore, in the old English meaning, it means to return a monarch to the throne. I think that is so amazing. We think restoration is like getting an old cupboard and, and, and you know, varnishing it and fixing it up, putting new handles on it. You know, that, that's what we've interpreted that word to mean today. But the original meaning is to restore a monarch to the throne. And I want to tell you something. When Jesus returns on that rapture day, it's going to be the return of the monarch to his kingdom, which is the church, the people of God. And we'll be united with him. So... John chapter 14, verse 3. Jesus says this. So when Jesus talks about end times, we need to take note of what he says because it's direct from Jesus, from his mouth. He says, when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you'll always be with me where I am. So Jesus is coming back for the church. Uh, that, that thought, Jesus coming back for the church, the rapture is what we are expecting. It's what we are believing in. So the rapture has many elements of mystery. There are also many things that Jesus made clear. So sometimes we think, well, we're not really sure, but there's so much about that return of Christ throughout the Bible to redeem the church. It's, it's all the way through, everywhere. Matthew 24, verse 44. I started with this. You also must be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when least expected. If you didn't get it, that's my theme for today's message. Be ready all the time. So if we're thinking about the rapture, we could be digging into all kinds of you know, uh, stuff, all kinds of information and, and trying to figure out stuff about who's the Antichrist, who's the beast, and, uh, you know, what, about the, what about all these other you know, elements to all this sort of stuff and will the time be here, will the time be there? Uh, what, what you need to always Boil down the rapture to, if you want to do a great study on the rapture, just be ready. Get ready. We're going to show you how to get ready in a minute. But the most important factor that Jesus gave was be ready when he returns. So what does be ready look like? Philippians 2 verse 15, and I'll tell you that be ready means lots and lots of things. But basically it means have your heart right with God. Don't have... Don't have undealt with issues that you, you just let fester and you let you know, um, uh, rob you of your relationship with God and your relationship with other people. So one of the things that, that I believe that God wants a good relationship and, and our sins all dealt with with him is because when we have that relationship right, it gets these relationships right. And we need both. You know, there is no such thing as a believer who says, well, I'm just awesome with God. I just pray in myself. I had communion all by myself in my lounge room and I'm just in heavenly places all the time and listen to wonderful worship. Um, but, but I don't belong to any church. You know, that's like, there's, there's, maybe this is right, but this ain't. And God wants this right so that we do this awesome. So that we have great relationships with people. That we have the best relationships. The church ought to be, it's not always, ought to be the place of the greatest relationships and the greatest life-building energy we have in our life. Is the energy and the time and the people around us in the church who help and motivate us to greater living. Anyway, Philippians 2 verse 15. So that no one can criticize you. This is how we get ready. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked 
and perverse people. So we see here um, that, that the world is, is full of bad stuff. That we've got to shine like stars, shine like bright lights, clean, innocent lives as children of God. Philippians 2 verse 16 says, Hold firmly to the word of life. What's that? That's, that's Jesus Christ is the living word. He's the word became flesh. It says cling to that. So I want to encourage you, uh, please, if, if you want to really strengthen yourself in the spirit, get acquainted with your Bible. I'm just, I'm just here preaching you to, to, to you today because I was a plumber who kept reading his Bible. I was a plumber who just kept reading the Bible. I, I would just be hungry and I would get up early because I'd have to leave for, for work early. So I'd have to get up early so I could spend some time in the Bible and read my Bible. And, and I'd, I'd have this tiny little office at, at our house and sometimes I'd, just, I'd read my Bible and then I'd just lie, lie down, probably just tired, and just pray. And then one of the kids, like I remember the kids would come in and, and they'd can we can we lay down next to you? Yeah, sure. Get out of here. I'm trying to get with God. You're spoiling my fun. But hold on to the word of life. Now, it's amazing that it says, then on the day of Christ's return, that's why. So I'll tell you, don't sell yourself short. You could be there in a spiritual sense thinking, you know what? I'm rolling out the pizza, singing my opera song when I should have been in Milan. Or Milano. <laughs> you don't want to do that with your eternal destiny. Get into the Word of God. It's awesome. And I'll tell you, I, I, I used to read the Bible and just think this is, just makes no sense to me. But I'll never forget those times where suddenly God revealed things to me. I remember telling my mum, saying, we don't even need the, the Old Testament. makes no sense. They should just get rid of it. Just crazy except for maybe Genesis, but the rest, <laughs> get rid of it. Especially Song of Songs. <laughs> but I, I remember times where I've read Old Testament and suddenly, ding, ding, ding. And I'm like, wow, now I see where Jesus is in this story. Understand things more fully. So just, you know, what I'll say is take it easy. You don't learn to swim a marathon by just jumping in the pool when you can't even do a doggy paddle. Just learn to float a little bit. Take it, take it easy one step at a time. Use, use the word for today or some other Bible study help and, and get yourself into it. But, but give yourself some time and God will speak to you powerfully. So you know the best way God speaks to you is not in church. It's not in the worship. It's not when you're you know, watching some preacher on TV, some super preachers like, like our TV show that we've got. <laughs> the best way God speaks to you, <laughs> the best way God speaks to you is through his word to your spirit. And when you start hitting some of them, you can't put a value on it. It's like incredible. Hebrews 10 verse 25 says, another thing, how do we get ourselves ready? And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So there's, there's no, there's no uh, like, uh, you know, question mark or what, would they, what are they really meaning? They're talking about get yourself ready 
get into the word and be in fellowship and, and get around others who can encourage you and you be an encouragement to them. Don't neglect our meeting together. There, there's some things in which how we can get ready. So I'm going to get ready to finish. Is that everyone's thinking? Thank goodness. Can I have the musicians come and join me again, please? But Paul reveals aspects of the Apostle Paul to the event that we call the rapture. That is Jesus returning for his people, the church. So I want you to understand here today, Jesus loves the church. Jesus gave his life for for the whole world and those who accept that are grafted into the church, which is his body, his hands, his feet, his action on earth today is via the Holy Spirit-powered church. And so Jesus loves the church. It's his agency to the world. So the Apostle Paul, though, gives us aspects to the event we call the rapture. And um, it's the fullness of salvation. The fullness of salvation is complete at the rapture. And the Bible has many references to the event of Jesus' return for his people. And I want us to remind ourselves of what we believe and expect that it's going to happen, that it is going to happen. We can't live thinking, well, it won't happen. It's been a long time. They've been talking about this for 2,000 years. But one thing I'll say is the rapture is fundamental to Christian faith and doctrine. If we take that element out, we might as well take out the Jesus' birth. We might as well take out the cross and Jesus' sacrifice. We might as well take out all the elements of, of uh, uh, baptism and discipleship and all those other things. We could take all them out and say we don't need them if we don't believe in the rapture. Because it is a fundamental to our Christian faith and doctrine. 1 Thessalonians 4.17, this is from Paul. After that, this is, a, I think, a very, very clear description of this rapture. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. I'll just, we, we just have to understand that. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5.10. So if we're to believe Jesus as Savior, is to believe that he's going to return for his people. 1 Thessalonians 5.10 says, Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. So this rapture doesn't just uh, accommodate for those who are, who are still alive on the earth, for, for that generation of church. It talks about every generation of believer that has ever lived will be raised again to join to join us all, to meet us, meet the Lord in the air. It's an amazing, amazing moment. So we take time every year to celebrate Christmas and we have Easter and for very good reason. But maybe we ought to celebrate the promise that Jesus will return for his church. Because I think that's, that's future glory. See, when we, when we think of Jesus' birth and we think of Jesus' sacrifice, you know, I, I don't want to you know, belittle that to say that's past, but it's relevant to us today, very powerful to our salvation. But the whole reason of that is because Jesus is coming back again for a rapture moment 
for his people, for his church. Today is a good day to reset our thoughts again on the reality of heaven and the return of Jesus. So the last word today goes to Peter as he explains God's intention is to save people. 2 Peter 3 verse 9 and 10. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. The day of the Lord is talking about that rapture day. That rapture moment is what we're talking about. 2 Peter 3.14 And so, dear friends, while you're waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in His sight. How do we stay pure? It's constant relationship with the Lord. It's being in, you know, in prayer. It's, it's being in relationship with Jesus. See, the, the, the title Christian isn't just a title. It's not a, it's not a family thing. It's a relationship with, with Jesus that makes us Christian. So can we just stand together this morning, please, if you will. Now, if today's message is all new to you, and you're, you know, we don't want to make anyone feel embarrassed or anything, you're feeling not ready for this. You're thinking, hey, if that would have happened right now, oh, I'm not ready. Can we just close our eyes right around this place? And I'm going to ask you some questions. If that's you today and you want to make a decision or perhaps you're thinking, well, I, I'm following God, but, but I really don't think I'm ready for this. I want you to prepare your heart for that rapture moment, for the rapture of the church. And you know what? The devil's plan is to always bring doubt, always bring fear. So when you have fear of that moment, it's not from God. You've got to say, you know, God, I want to have confidence that you saved me and that you're coming back for me. But if you like to make a decision to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. I want you to take that first step towards God on that path to discipleship, to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin and ask Him into your heart. Perhaps you're here today and you're thinking, well, you know, I did that once, but it was a long time ago and I've kind of drifted. I've kind of thought, well, I've got plenty of time to get this right. Well, maybe you, maybe you have or maybe you haven't. But today's a great time to reset your mind, your heart, your spirit on Jesus again. To get the confidence back that you are born again. That you are bought with a price and that Jesus loves you and he's returning for you. Why don't we just pray this prayer together as a declaration, again, afresh. That we are asking Jesus to be our saviour. It's up on the screens if we'll read it together. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the son of God that you died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. Today, I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So if you've, if you've prayed that prayer for the first time today and you believe that in your heart, I want to encourage you, you are born again. And if you want to know more, you can come and speak to me after the service. And I'd love to pray with you some more.
But I just want to pray for those of us here to have opportunity to tell others the good news of Jesus. The world needs to know the good news. The world needs to know the good news of Jesus. And we need to prepare them for the Lord's return. Again, Matthew 24, verse 44, the theme for today, you also must be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when least expected. Can I just pray for you today that every single one of us here will have someone who we can talk to over the next weeks or months or even days and share the good news about Jesus. You don't need to be judged. You don't need to fear. You can have confidence that Jesus Christ is coming back for those who put their, tru- their trust in Him. So I want you, if you will, just raise your hands. I want to pray for you today to receive something. Jesus, we just pray for those here today with their hands raised high. Lord, I thank you that they may receive something today of the Holy Spirit that causes them to have wisdom as they speak to others causes them to have faith as they talk about the things of God. I pray, Lord, that they may have confidence that they are born again, that they are bought with a price, and that, God, you're going to use them in a great way to minister to the lost and the hurting in Jesus' name. Just as we're in this atmosphere, I just want to pray for John Fraser. And, you know, John's got a boat, and the, the name of that boat is Witness. And, John, I know the desire of your heart is to be a witness for Jesus. And the Lord is going to give you greater opportunity and greater wisdom over the next months and years to see the most fruitful time of your life as a, as a spokesman for God, as a, a, a person who takes others to Jesus. An anointing is going to come upon you, John, like you've never felt before. And you're just going to have an effectiveness like you've never had. And the desires of your heart for so many years are going to start to come true as you lead one soul at a time, one family at a time, into the into salvation into discipleship into that relationship with God in Jesus name we speak that over John thank you Jesus you can take your seats next time I want to preach on are we there yet so I'm going to tackle some things the Bible has a lot to say about everything and now I'm going to tackle some things on climate change what's happening to the earth I tell you, I found some stuff. It's pretty amazing. So I look forward to that. And um, if, you, if you can't be here in person, get on our TV channel. You'll love it. God bless you. Thanks, Josh.